Hello, welcome to the Cucumber Podcast again. My name is Aslak Helisoy and I've got Steve Took with me here today and I've got a couple of really interesting guests. Um, so the BDD movement, it started in around 2003 and it was heavily influenced by domain-driven designs, ubiquitous language and a few other things. Um, but there hasn't really been that much overlap in those two communities since... Uh, it started. So, so we got two guests today, uh, Bruno Bucard and Kenny Bass. Bruno and Kenny are some of the people who want to bring the BDD and DDD communities together. So um, Bruno, why don't you start and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, I introduce myself first. So I'm Bruno Bucard. I'm quite old. I'm 50 for all, a year um, old, and I have a long experience in development. I started my career in C language on Unix system, then uh, with C++, and finally I practiced C Sharp on, on Windows. Uh, I co-founded uh, a company called 42 Skills with Thomas Pierin two years ago, and I'm also an international speaker about DDD. In France, I am in charge of a BDD user group, and my work is focused to coach people about uh, TDD, legacy code refactoring, BDD, and DDD. So uh, I discover example mapping with Sabros uh, maybe five years ago, and I was immediately convinced by this technique to discover the unknown from the user story. But I'm also involved in, BD in DDD, and with Kenny, uh, we have something to, to say about DDD and BDD. Thank you, Bruno. And Kenny, uh, can you introduce yourselves, please? Yeah, so my name is Kenny Baas. I come from the Netherlands, close to Amsterdam I live. And I work for a software consultancy group called Zebia in the Netherlands, also in France, uh, India. And well, originally I'm a software engineer, so a developer, mostly in Java. But recently, well, do JavaScript, .NET, it doesn't matter anymore. And I usually work with teams and coach them and try to bring in uh, approaches like DDD, BDD, continuous delivery, and use a lot of event storming and example mapping to yeah, get the requirements out and get them towards code. So really accelerate a team. Get them out of the, the standard meeting room settings and try to really deliberate discover. And I think that's the word we're looking for today or the really the the, the shared point of view in DDD and BDD, right. in my opinion. Um, so I imagine some of our listeners may not have a lot of experience with DDD or domain-driven design. Um, could you give a, a quick, you know, elevator pitch description of what, what DDD is? Oh, it's quite large. Uh, we can consider DDD as um, philosophy. Uh, it's not a technique. It's not a practice. It's, a, it's, a, it's all of that. It's more of like a holistic uh, total approach to software delivery. Uh, yeah. Trying to solve complex uh, domains and uh, create bounded context with, where you can bring in models at play that work together. So trying to really solve the ambiguity in language. I think it, for me, it's more language based. And I think Romeo yeah. 
Twittered it, and I'm not sure what it was about. Not really sure what what it was about, but he's saying something for for one context, a tomato is a vegetable, and for another context, it's a fruit, right? So it's a yeah, ambiguity, yeah, yeah. and if we try to make one model out of it, it won't work. You already have exceptions. You always so we try to keep it small, contained in a bounded context, and create one model with one language, one ubiquitous language within a bounded context. Uh, Kenny, uh, because I discussed with. Um... Eric Evans uh, two years ago, uh, two two days ago, and he explained me the origin of the bounded context. Uh, the bounded context has been created uh, to decouple teams. Example: in a large company, an enterprise, you have several teams, and there is one there is one very very good ready to to ship. But the problem: this one has some linked on some dependencies with other one and yeah. they share yeah. some library etc it's, it's uh, because that they can't deliver the product yeah so the the original uh, motivation of the bounded context is to decouple team yeah and then when you read when you look at the book uh, especially part four the one that well the community says nobody has read almost Mm -hmm. uh, that yeah. goes about the strategic patterns of how the communication yeah, between the contexts play out and give constraints on your context, on your bounded context or context. That's a really interesting uh, part and, of DDD uh, that's mostly neglected, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and about uh, vocabulary. You remember in XP, we have a vocabulary on the team. Uh, and in DDD, we, we, we apply a, a language shared by the Bundy context on everything. The folder, the, the, the language, the word you use, that every document must be um, implemented or write with a, with a word from the, the Bundy context. Uh, yeah. Every expert uh, must uh, use it and developer must use it, DevOps must use it. All the team of the Bundy context must apply this word. Yeah. So, so is what you're saying that it's about uh, taking this shared language that a team has and trying to push that language all the way through from the documents at the top right through to the code and the, even the database tables. Yeah. yeah, documents, yeah, diagrams, everything that you communicate everything. with to make sure that there's less and less translation between uh, everything actually within the bounded yeah. context. But you said documents and down to the code, but I assume also even before that, um, the, um, you know, whatever, whatever, terms and, and and jargon the domain specific language the business uses right yeah exactly so yeah. we we try to to distract from the the problem space or so the business domain uh, we try to bound the language and make that all the way through to code eventually so then the code will be your documentation in a utopia world uh, yeah <laughs> exactly yeah Exactly. This is a, this is a, the goal of that. It's to um, avoid a misunderstood about something. Uh, imagine if we don't apply that, someone imagines something, so he applies, uh, I don't know, another word in the card, or when he discusses, he imagines something else. 
this is a big problem and it produce legacy code at the end yeah yeah especially if you go to e-commerce you have the word order right yeah and uh an order for the order domain is something totally different than for the shipping domain they both use the order but it had different be- it has different behavior also for the business so it can get yeah a little confusing so that's why we bound it in a bounded context and try to um try to work out communication in a good way yeah and I, and I suppose this is this is where there's some art that comes in right because your domain expert your users they don't sit in these nicely packaged rounded uh, contexts they sit across them and they will use order in both contexts uh within a couple of sentences yeah and they will implicitly understand that uh that context shift or that meaning and it's about uh, so how do you how do you manage that uh yet yeah, it in my opinion it works both ways so uh conway's law is a big thing in in in, in ddd land in my opinion where, where communication, the way your communication structure goes or the way the, the way your company structures communication is also the way the systems are being structured. A system is more broadly than an IT thing, but it goes both ways. So if a business structures communication, it, you will see it represented in the systems. But if you also do it in the system, for instance, make a REST connection between two services, it will also go towards uh, the business again because you're making uh, a commanding um, REST post between domains as a commanding uh, communication pattern. Mm -hmm. So that will also go back towards the business because if one team fails, both teams fail, and there you have the communication patterns within the strategic so, so it works both ways, and it's not like the business always says it's A, so it should be A, but you can also, from from IT, and I, I rather not use business and IT because it, it, it should be one, mm. but uh, it also goes the other way around where you say, well, let's name it, let's try to name it now this mm. because, and then you explain why, and that's how I see it, how you, how you can switch it around. If I, if I take the example of order to, to clarify, uh, if I use order uh, in a pricing bonding context, but if I use order also in account context, if I use also the order name in, uh, I don't know, marketing context, each time I will use order but the meaning is quite different and the property of the order of the pricing is different than the, the property of the order of the account is a different of the order of the marketing. I have three orders, but the representation is different. And it's not a problem to repeat the same name in different Bundy contexts because no. the meaning is different and we don't apply dry and, um, between bonding context it's it's super important to understand that it's not because the name is the same uh, it's equivalent it's different it's it's a it's a related order in the context of marketing you see mm-hmm. okay so um i'd like to steer the conversation a bit towards how uh, bdd and ddd can can complement each other um 
So in in the book BDD Discovery, which uh, which recently came out as a book by by Seb Rose and yeah. Gaspar Nage, um, they they break BDD as a practice into three different um, sets of practices. Um, the first one is discovery. Um, that's where people do example mapping. Uh, the second is is formulation. That's where you translate your examples into Gherkin, uh, and and the final one is automation. That's where you you automate your scenarios and um, and do test driven development. So with these three categories of, of practices from behavior driven development, how do you see? Um, or let, let me let me let me try and rephrase the question. What are the typical challenges that you see? With teams doing domain-driven design, and and how do you think behavior-driven development can can help? Um, well, within uh, domain-driven design, you have a tool now called event storming, mm -hmm. uh, where where you can really experience or really show how a business works. So the business process, you go from big picture to business process, eventually end up in software modeling. And the way I explain it is you need to go outside in. Um, the challenge here is find the perfect or the perfect, there's no perfect bounded context, finding a bounded context. Uh, but a tool is a tool. So it can get you also in, in, in a lockdown, in a confirmation bias. So what I describe in my post also is to use example mapping, so BDD with it, to gain more insights of, of the whole process. So try to get the most out of the discovery as you can within mm. a short time. So really try to experience the domain before you can go to software modeling, before you can go to writing code, before you can go to writing tests. So the example mapping I used uh, when I was in France, in Paris, is mostly on this business process modeling, mm. where we just model uh, the business process and just look where examples pop up or scenarios so we can branch these uh, storylines, these examples. Uh, once you created your bounded context in a modeling session, then you can go do discovery, formulation, and automation. So in, in my opinion, that fits really good with continuous delivery and with one pipeline. But you first need to find that bounded context. That That's the challenge. Find, find uh, the one that fits you the best at that moment in time. Um, and then you can make your own application out of it, your own pipeline, start to really set the examples and scenarios which you can eventually maybe automate. So in my opinion, the challenge with DDD is mostly finding a good bounded context, finding the good model. Uh, and a model is flawed. Hmm. It, can be, it can be good, it can be bad, it can be dangerous, but... The, the, the challenge is finding the best model that will work for your bounded context. So, so it's, it sounds to me um, that what you're saying is that uh, some of the practices from BDD can help support some of the practices from DDD in terms of um, doing the discovery phase. And so you may want to use examples to help you nail down the bounded context that you're going to start in. Um, but then also, whilst once you've got that, those examples will then help you decide which ones are the important ones to focus on as you go into formulation and automation. Yeah, it can also really help you slice uh, uh, 
stuff apart. So you're doing conver- convergent discovery. So eventually you, you want to see if something works for you, if a model works for you or if a piece of software works for you. So you really want to, or you want to converge. So first diverge into discovery phase, then you want to converge uh, and, and find that core pieces you want to test if it works. And that, in my opinion, then you go into your software modeling mode and in your software modeling mode, you can really use example mapping and, and put it to the formulation phase and to the automating phase and go to production as fast as possible to check or uh, not, maybe not real, real production. It depends, of course, but try to test if your assumptions of the model work for you. And then you go back again. Okay, maybe this isn't the correct way. But usually your scenarios will stay the same. Your model just changes for that certain bounded context. Hmm. My use of uh, BDD on uh, on DDD is is more at the phases on event storming is more mature. I, I, I will explain. In event storming, we, we do generally several iteration. And as Kenny said, uh, we, we can, at the end, draw a bounded context. And the bounded context is just a, a way to say this, this event until this event uh, belong to this uh, bounded context. Mm. At some time, uh, we can say we have an aggregate. And I don't know if you know what is an aggregate. Uh, an aggregate... It's a, a piece of software we need to develop. And we have a special sticker uh, in event forming to say, this is the, the software we have to develop. And an aggregate is just an aggregation of classes. We, we say in, 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 in DDD, um, it's a cluster composed of um, entity and value type. I don't want to explain what exactly what is entity and value, but it's a, you compose two kind of classes of entity. But to be an, an aggregate, you have to expose at least one business role, one business role or several. If you have business roles, you can explore it with example mapping immediately. If possible, because all the people in the room are very, very important to explore that quickly. The goal is to have confirmation, psychologic confirmation. When we go back to uh, the, the, the event storming with a lot of confirmation, we, we feel very good. Mm. That, that's the goal also of... Um, event storming is to to obtain in, in your brain confirmation and with this confirmation we have the ability to code very quickly because it's very clear you understand exactly what you do as alberto says uh software is about learning working code will be a side effect yeah, exactly. So it's all about learning a domain and, and learning what behavior is there. And then this, the, the model, software model will just pop up. Mm-hmm. But in event storming, uh, we don't make explicit the scenarios itself. So that's why I we use example mapping 
for people who are more focused about scenarios to show them, well, eventually given, given this is in a certain state, when I'm doing this event, then that event needs to come out. And that you can really make visual also in a event storming session. Hmm. Yeah, and this this is this is this is really interesting because I've seen um, I've certainly seen it argued a lot that teams that do DDD are very focused on um, inside out design. So they they yeah. focus very much on the the domain model uh, mm -hmm. rather than necessarily driving it from the bases, which is you know the. Uh, Almost BDD by design is about being outside in and focusing on the use cases first. And this this sounds like very much like what you're talking about is kind of solving that problem a little. Yeah, but DDD uh, should be uh, about outside in too. Right. The problem, it's not a problem, but the way the book is written is mostly about uh, the technical patterns first, and a lot of structure. And structure can get in the way, right? Mm. If 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 I see my if if I show you a picture of a cat now, and I ask you to draw it, you'll probably draw that cat because it's that's that's how structure works. So event storming mostly focused about events that are at play, and the events match how the business sees the events. So an event will be order placed or uh, order paid or everything that's past sentence and you you make eventually you'll end up with an aggregate and we we try to tend to maybe not use an aggregate at all because we don't want to overuse an aggregate because it's complexity, but also delay the naming of the aggregate and really focus on the events and the commands that gets on the aggregate. So that we don't get in that confirmation bias about the structure. And the commands and the events are the way the business talks about the commands and events. So like I'm placing an order and then an order place needs to come out. Mm -hmm. So that's really same thing as the commands are like tasks, the way um, John explained it in feature mapping. Uh, but we tend to focus more on events as an outcome. I, I saw a really interesting uh, presentation a couple of years ago by Matthias uh, Veras. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, he did a uh, he did a presentation about BDD, sorry, about domain driven design in or actually event storming and CKRS in uh, in the context of BDD. And he he suggested that you know how does this map onto given when then from BDD? Um, and it's similar to what you said. Uh, a given represents events from the past. Um, a when represents either well typically a command and then the then is is what what new expected events um, or um, or read models you uh, to result from that yeah exactly um, so I'm curious uh, in your experience how how well known is BDD in the DDD community well BDD I try I, I set up the meetup for BDDNL but there's not a lot of traction for that I think the problem is how you explain it in the blog post that a lot of people see BDD as cucumber implementations hmm. and not about the discovery phase first. Uh, so it won't probably work for them. And the DDD, I'm also in the community for the DDD, organizing the meetup. And I, yeah, it, it happens there, but it depends who 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 is there, right? Every community... Especially in the Netherlands, I believe the DDD community is mostly PHP, .NET, Java, not so much. Yeah. And I'm more of coming from the Java part. And 
yeah, I think it's hard to to uh, combine these two because I think BDD mostly is focused around QA and testing, and DDD mostly focus about software delivery and and getting these to match. It's in my opinion hard. While I I believe it's it shouldn't be like that, but I see the one gets picked up mostly about by QA and testing in the Netherlands, and DDD mostly about software design and delivery and those two don't combine yet really well in my opinion yeah i i just want to shoot in there that uh you know the the intention from the beginning with with behavior driven development was 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 to get away from the mindset about testing and qa that that's really not what it 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 was meant to be and and still not what it's meant to be uh from those of us who are pushing it forward but you know for, for, for various reasons that's unfortunately that um the majority of people who are exposed to to cucumber and bdd they they, they still fall into this trap of thinking it's it's about testing yeah it's really um, a shame yeah it is a shame opinion. but i think I, I'm, I'm hopeful that this separation of discovery formulation and automation will help it make it easier for people to see that there's more to it and yeah. I, th- I think it's in particular in the discovery uh, part of of, of of BDD with example mapping and so on, that I think that you know it's 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 easier and, and more beneficial to to merge the two approaches or not merge, but you know yeah yeah I, I the the teams I coach and I start with a discovery I and later on at formulation automation start introducing cucumber then it really works for them, but once I go coach a team who already use cucumber and try to explain even on unit test niveau technical things yeah they get locked up and that's the problem you see these uh information so the wrong information you see a lot hanging out but never the success and never how to implement the successful ones that's a shame because it's a great yeah um, i have a different experience uh, when i coach people because i coach people during six months it's uh, it's a way to transform people and at the uh, at the three after three months, people change their mind and they want to understand the business. And it's time to introduce uh, every technique to understand the, the business rules. But at the beginning, people prefer to learn TDD because it's technical. And uh, even if TDD is not so te- technical, but they believe at the beginning TDD is technical. Yeah. So. I think uh, we, we need to transform developer first uh, because developers are very uh, technical-oriented, uh, very stack-oriented uh, about JavaScript or uh, Java.net. Or, I don't know, but uh, each time they talk about techniques and never about the business needs. Yeah, they like to, we, we like to talk about annotations and uh, inheritance and composition and <laughs> those kinds of things. Oh, don't, don't, don't forget blockchain and Microsoft. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> so I have a question. You said right at the start that um, DDD was a philosophy or a holistic approach to software delivery. And so... Um, just thinking about what we were just talking about about testers and and and, and so on. What what are the processes or practices or the philosophy within the DDD community about bringing um, testing into the software delivery process? You know, at what point do you want testers involved? How do you bring them in? I assume early at the start. 
Yes, definitely at the start. Now, so yeah. uh, DDD pronounces that that UX test business name everyone who's in just do inclusion, never exclusion. Uh, that's a thing we do in the community. Actually, DDD Europe 2019 now actually has a DDD Foundation Day. They added it this year where everyone in, is invited to learn the basics of uh, DDD and how it can help you. So from product owners to business people to testers to UX, everyone's invited to know more. It's one day in Amsterdam. I would definitely recommend everyone to come because also in the meetups, um, when I give a meetup or a workshop and I see there are different disciplines in, I already get excited, right? Yes, we get yeah. different disciplines, different insight. And you see that the, the whole, the whole uh, energy is totally different when you get different insights in. And I learn a lot more when I get other views in. So, so yeah, definitely. While I'm not sure if it's really, I think it's also in, in the book, like Eric Evans write about it, but everyone in the DD community is like, we need everyone. We need to do this together. And I think, and that's, oh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, go on. No? no, no, that's why also event storming is such a great tool because you use like six stickies colored. And example mapping is a great tool because you use like three, four colored stickies. And everyone can pick it up instantly instead of like a tool like UML or Archimate, right? When we try to represent something, look, I made a model in, in, in UML. And you say, well, what was this? sign again well i don't know but with the stickies it's it's really nice and it's really i see people pick it up really fast from this different disciplines and that's what we want in my opinion it's, it strikes me that bdd and ddd really that they have the same they're trying to set, solve the same problem in different ways uh, it, it's all about uh, making sure that you're building a good understanding of of the business domain and the problem uh, domain uh, before you try and create a solution for it, um, and then ha how we do that is is a bit different. Uh, but you know, many commonalities, which is around collab collaborating between uh, different roles. Um, yeah. So I think as long as people understand that, I think uh, as like uh, the, the two techniques is uh, it's not uh, dif so different. Uh, when we talk about event storming. Uh, Evanstorming, the goal is to discover a system. Um, BDD is focused on um, how to crunch a user story. It's more about uh, the details. Uh, and Evanstorming is more about globally the system. Where, where is the, the bonding context uh, of my systems? So... Uh, we, we don't do uh, exactly the same thing with the both. Uh, we first use a level storming and we use some time example mapping to dig deeper about uh, rules, business rules, or to, to crunch a user story. It's not exactly the same level. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so I have a question for you. Um, I, we, we've already talked about how, um, how discovery is is important that you need to do that well in order to do either bdd or ddd well uh, but at some mm. point uh, you know it's good to have some tests and one one thing that i've been been thinking a lot about and i don't have a good answer is 
in a, in a system where you've got several bounded contexts, you yeah. gave a good example about um, about orders, right? There's different ways to represent yeah. an order. Yeah. Um, if you want, so should you, and, and, and let's say you want to have a, a, a cucumber scenario to describe some of those um, some of those scenarios. Yeah. Um, would you then have scenarios linked to just one particular bounded context, or can you also have them where, where, where both or you know several bounded contexts are tested in the same scenario? We we, we try to define uh, based on an aggregate because an aggregate uh, uh, exposed business role by in design we will uh, uh, if we want uh, apply BDD on it. And we, we can uh, illustrate by concrete example these roles uh, uh, with, um, with a team uh, um, in, in the room during the event storming or after if you want. But uh, actually, we, we will use example mapping uh, inside a bounded context. Yeah, that, that's the way I see it too. So bounded context is also uh, for a team. So you have one CI/CD pipeline for it. Mm. Um, so you really need to be careful not to make it too small or too big. It needs to be uh, consistent with one uh, continuous delivery pipeline in it, in my opinion. And within the continuous delivery pipeline, you uh, create isolated examples or scenario tests on the bounded context. And between bounded context, you would probably use something like a contract testing, consumer-driven contract testing. Right. But the, the reason is it should be um, isolated. It should be, you should be able to go to production with one bounded context without the other bounded context. That's a, uto a utopia, of course, but that should be where you want to go. And now it sounds like the, the context here is um, not bounded context, but software development context is is, um, is microservices or or, or SOA. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and I I never talk about microservices because in my opinion a bounded context is will be probably your microservices, but you can have several microservices within a bounded context. If that's smart, yeah. I don't know. It always depends on the situation. Preferably not, but I think you need something like DDD to create functional microservices and not yeah. technical microservices. Mm. I think that's really important. So my takeaway from that is that you recommend against uh, having automated tests, whether you're using Cucumber or something else, that spans multiple uh, bounded contexts. It's better to test them in isolation and use contract testing to verify that they communicate properly between them. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because that's also where Bru what Bruno said, and he had the conversation with Eric, to have a bounded context for a team. Maybe a team has several bounded contexts, but never two teams on a bounded context. So that's really yeah. important. So you have a team on a bounded context who can work in isolation, well, not never in isolation, but who can go to production without end-to-end, uh, -end, if you want to call it that, they, or a chain test of multiple bounded contexts. They need to be able to go to production as fast as possible. So if they have an ID, that they can uh, get feedback from that ID as soon as possible. Because that's eventually what we want, right? We have an ID. We want to bring it to production and check mm -hmm. if that ID is, well, that hypothesis is actually good. That's I think that's, uh, Dave Farley said it 
really well. We have an ID. You want to go to production and get feedback from it. And I see you want that for a bounded context. I agree with, uh, with Kenny. And I would like add on the technical part because I know I slack about that. You can use um, hexagonal architecture uh, to encapsulate your uh, aggregate. And your aggregate has been developed uh, use BDD uh, because you have business rule inside. Mm-hmm. So uh, because hexagonal architecture is a good is the technical way to decouple uh, your aggregate from the the other part of the system. Yeah, other people also use your onion archetype, uh, clean architecture, or port and adapter. In my opinion, it tries to do the same thing. Right. Yeah, they're yeah. just variations of the same thing. Is that very yeah. common in, in domain? Do you see yeah. that very commonly used in the DDD community? Yeah, if you read uh, Von Vernon, his book, it's the red book. So we have several colors to the book. So the blue book yeah. is Eric Evans. The red book is Von Vernon. He actually talks about port and adapter and hex- hexagonal. So that's actually coming into the DDD community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's also something we've talked a lot about um, lately in the BDD community. Um, particularly around having really fast uh, tests is that's a that's a problem that we see many teams are struggling with they are they are testing to they're trying to test the whole the, the, you know the, the whole enchilada the full stack and and they're, they're yeah. really struggling with um, with test speeds that can be several hours um, because they haven't they haven't really thought about how to decouple things um, so that they can have faster and more reliable tests so that, yeah. that, that I guess that could be another you know, an, another sort of uh, axis where, where people can find some common ground between the two communities. Yeah, exactly. In one world, I discussed a lot with Eric uh, Friday night, and we can, we can summarize DDD. It's about decouple everything with a, a lot of conversation, a lot of uh, vocabulary. The, we decouple everything, the organization, the code, and we, we try to speak the same language in a bonding context. And that, that's important, that, that the language. Be, uh, I know a thing Eric mentioned that uh, he's from America. He went to an English uh, friend of his. Uh, and they had dinner. So the conversation is English, you would say, right? Yeah. But in the end, uh, the, the English lady asked, do you want some pie? Well, that's totally different in an English context yeah, yeah. than in an American context. So, so this, if you have a translator for that, ninety-nine point nine percent of translator would wouldn't have anything to do, but only for that thing. But a system could go really bad just by that zero point zero one percent translation about a pie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so language is really important, but also in in the BDD, the ubiquitous language, that's that's the most important part. And yeah. I always tend to focus on language a lot in my conversations in refinements or in discovery phase. Yeah, and this is where examples are great because it'll help you discover that, that you're not talking about the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Great, so I mean, I think we're getting close to the time now. Um, before we sort of wrap up, is there anything that you guys really wanted to talk about today that we haven't managed to get to or cover? Um, no, yeah, well, um, the blog post I was written about is, was six months ago. 
I had a lot of new insights I want to write about because the thing I did in Paris was a bit different. I explored more about the business process space and when my blog post goes more about the software modeling or implementation mm -hmm. phase. So that's going to be uh, something I'm going to really uh, look into the next coming months and really write that down. And on my side about um, uh, user uh, example mapping um, during an event storming to explore and aggregate, uh, because we have a, a meeting in July with Kenny and uh, other guy about DDD, I would like to discuss uh, with Alberto too before to write something. And um, do you know? Uh... Is there anything? Are there any interesting events or anything anything interesting happening that is trying to further this um, bringing bringing together BDD mm. and DDD that you know of? Yes. Yeah, so um, the next big conference is in September in Denver, and that's organized by Paul Reiner, who's also actually doing both DDD and BDD. So I've been there last year. I think you go this year, Bruno. Yeah, I, will uh, I can't go. We, we, we will make a live coding. Uh, it's not a real live coding as previous, but um, we want to show um, the, the anti-pattern of pair programming. Yeah. <laughs> so I think for people in America, that would be really interesting. It's in Denver. And in October, there will be Kandinsky in Berlin, which uh, yeah. is the next DDD, next DDD conference yeah. where I will be uh, doing a hands-on session on this. Uh, and give a talk and presentation. And I also will be in uh, Edinburgh in October for Lean Agile Scotland, where I will give a presentation about this. One thing I want to say, what in my opinion is really important, just try as much tools, so like example mapping, future mapping, oopsie modeling, event storming, just try them out and they'll all give new insights. And yeah. Absolutely. The new insights are important for both, in my opinion, DDD and BDD. So don't get yourself locked into one uh, practice tool. Just try them all out and try to broaden your horizon and get, gain new insight. Yeah, absolutely. Keeping things fresh really helps you just see things that you haven't seen before as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Try to be open-minded about everything that comes by. Okay. Uh, folks, um, I think we'll wrap it up there. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, Bruno and, and Kenny, and, and thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, too. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And and for, for our listeners, uh, please remember that if you enjoyed this episode, please comment and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Um, we check out our show notes for a link to various articles and everything else we mentioned today. And if you're interested in BDD training for your team, you can check out cucumber.io slash training. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.